0: Getting the only good getting mammed I'll accept, is people who think I'm a trans woman. So they'll be like, "Ma'am, wink." <laughs> Which one <laughs> don't don't talk to trans women like that? And two, God bless. God bless. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm trying. God bless <laughs> your soul. You're trying your best.
0: No, I remember before I even started transitioning, I was like in a I was big in a butch era, and I like
1: deep in a butch era.
0: <laughs> deep in a butch era. And I was telling someone, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, transition. And they they said, oh, that'll work. You already look a little feminine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like.
1: <laughs> Not that way. But I was like, sense? actually,
0: like, that means you think I'm assigned male at birth. So, like, you think I'm like a feminine looking male. So, you know, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> I'll take the win. A weird win, but I'll take
0: it. Yeah, it's. As someone who, like, I came out as a trans man first. And then I am now kind of just like, gender has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um,
1: Gender and me are not friends.
0: Yeah, uh, Gender? I barely know her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, It's funny to me what people, because I will literally like, like, I went to Jiffy Lou. And you pull up and they're like, what are you here for? And the guy says... Oh, hello, ma'am. Like, what can I help you with? And I was like, I need an oil change. And He goes, okay, just pull up. So I pull into the garage and the guy walks up and goes, hello, sir, what are you here for? (laughs) And that was the day I realized, I don't think it's about me. I don't, I don't think this has anything to do with me. I think it's more telling about what other people's gender assumptions. Yeah. Like, cause it was literally like, I'm in my car, Hello, ma'am. I drive. Hello, sir. 20
1: feet, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was like, that was the day I was like, I don't think it matters how I. And that really helped with getting misgendered. Because before <laughs> I was like, God damn it, stop. But now I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing for you. Because I do look like a full man. Like.
1: <laughs> if you're still calling me ma'am, that's on you at this point. That's what's that one tweet? Oh my God, what's that one tweet where it's like at a certain point, getting misgendered by your family stops hurting you and starts being funny. Like, Grandma, I have 34 double Ds. Calling me a man just makes you look insane. Like
0: Yeah, and it was like, dad. it's like my dad still calls me ma'am at restaurants, and it's like fully a man.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: like, you look like you're senile.
1: You look like you have early onset Alzheimer's for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: Anyway, legacy. (laughs) What is a legacy?
1: What is a legacy but your parents continuing to call you ma'am even when you are fully (laughs) not a ma'am anymore?
0: (laughs) Not a ma'am anymore. I'm
1: not a ma'am or a sir. This episode's fucked up. I think we're just talking about this now to avoid talking about how (laughs) fucked up this episode is. And it is. This
0: episode... Okay, I want to say... So we don't end up learning a lot about the unsub. Mm-hmm. And that's okay.
1: That's okay.
0: For like in the, sure. Like in the past, we've talked about, you know, we don't learn about the unsub. And then at the end, we're like, I want to know about that guy. I do not care who this man is.
1: I don't give a shit about this dude.
0: Yeah, he is uninteresting. Like, I don't care. There's nothing I could learn about him that would make this like, quote-unquote interesting case it's just it's pure bad for me
1: it's pure fucked up which i think is why this is such a good yeah episode of criminal minds because like here's like usually criminal minds like if you don't learn about a killer or whatever you want to know more about them i think this is a good episode where they don't tell you about the killer and you don't care there's more i have bigger fish to fry here i have bigger emotional issues to get over right now than not knowing more about this killer (laughs) it's fucking weird
0: this episode also like went by very quickly yeah i noticed that too but not in a bad way like there's been other episodes where all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's only 15 minutes left, but nothing's happened, you know? Whereas now it's like, I got half an hour, 40 minutes in, and I was like, I want more.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was like, there's a lot going on right now, huh?
0: There's a lot going on. I know that like, the main things I'm going to talk about this episode are, one, the way they talk about OCD.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Two, I'm going to talk about, jj and how of she's course. treated this episode
1: of course of course not, of course. not just
0: like in a i i love her way she, although she does look very good in that blue shirt but the way she's treated this episode like i think tells us a, a lot. lot yeah so i shall guess shall we get
1: into it then do we want to like roll the
0: theme song oh baby let's roll the theme song Beeford, would you like to talk about criminal minds
1: jamothy i would love (laughs) to talk about season two episode 22 of criminal minds
0: legacy legacy what is a legacy it's planting seeds in a garden that we'll never get to see
1: we cannot make that joke more than once you've done it now you've used that one reference for the whole episode we can't do anything else now we can't use that reference
0: again what is the legacy (laughs) okay okay Uh uh-huh i will save it and i will ask it as a genuine question at the end of the episode because there Please are. Please don't. Because
1: I'm gonna forget about it, and then you're gonna blindside me with a Hamilton reference, and nothing would feel worse emotionally. But I'm not gonna being Blindsided it. by a Hamilton reference. Yeah, but like, I'm not gonna, gonna do it. Get out of here, Madeline no Brand. I don't want to see you. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do it like a Hamilton reference. I'll genuinely be like, okay, so, what is a legacy? This guy and this guy. You know, because we have kind of parallel legacies here in the episode, like we genuinely do. You know, when I started watching the episode, I was like, why did they include that? And then at the end of it, I was like, oh, I get it.
1: Oh, <laughs> shit. I just realized that. <laughs> Bro, okay. Don't give me that look. You just said you didn't realize it until you rewatched it this time. Okay, but you, so you didn't realize it at that. all.
0: You didn't realize you, it at all. I must step up, step up, step up. You
1: can't up. give me that exasperated, like rolling your eyes. What look. is a legacy? It's sunny seeds
0: Stop. in a garden you'll never get to see. <laughs>
1: oh, we've gone off the rails so early.
0: It's the no the glasses. It's the no glasses energy. energy.
1: Do <laughs> I need to take off my glasses to match your energy? Can you see? I can I can see my computer screen, yes.
0: Oh, I can't see my computer screen without my glasses.
1: Anything else, though? Absolutely not.
0: Wonderful. Okay. Uh, like, okay. First thing first. Mm-hmm. Why is he fucking... Oh, wait. I answered my own question. He's whistling Joanna from Sweeney Todd. Okay. The killer. The unsub. Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Which is the song that Sweeney Todd sings... That's basically like, one day I'll find you, I'll see you, um, we'll be together again. And then the love interest sings it, the same song, and then later the creepy guy sings it, just a turpant. And he's whistling it. And I think because it's about, like, being away from, you know, you've lost the person you love, but one day you'll be back with them. So maybe this guy, maybe it's a hit. Of this guy, like, having lost his father. That is wouldn't makes sense. He would have been whistling. Finch. Finch. I don't
1: know. They started this episode out real gory. And I had, like, just opened up my dinner, which was, like, meat and rice. And I was like, <laughs> huh. Bad. Yeah. So this episode opens with a figure mm-hmm. in, like, a surgical gown. wheeling along an old man who is extremely bloody and strapped to a table
0: yeah and it starts with like the overhead lights like they're passing Mm -hmm. under these lights and the old man's strapped with a gurney and the man is in like a white like painter's suit and a mask and goggles and rain boots and he's He's wearing his
1: ppe dude
0: he is he is wearing his personal protective equipment. Yes, 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 yes. He's protecting himself from those BBPs, those bloodborne pathogens.
1: Those nasty germs, question mark.
0: Your pathogens. Yeah. Anyway, the old man oh god bless. The old man is like, Did I make it out? It's a hospital. I'm in a hospital. Which like yeah. From the 1840s. Like, a
1: hospital from from 1847, perhaps. It's like
0: insane asylum.
1: Yeah, vibe. it's for sure. Like, if this is a hospital, it should not be. Right. Like- <laughs>
0: exactly. But, you know, he is like delirious. I'll give it to him.
1: Yeah, it's but he's like,
0: did I make it out? And then he gets, then he sees like the fire. And he's like, oh, shit. He sees like the cremation, the crematorium and he's like oh fuck dude and then he gets wheeled into the surgical room and oh my god he looks up at the light above him and it's splattered with blood and the ceiling is splattered with blood and he's like freaking out and then Holcomb puts the man's glasses back on him and they're like duct taped in the middle I was like why are you putting his glasses back on him? I'm very sensitive to that right now.
1: <laughs> I'm very sensitive <laughs> about glasses-based media right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know my glasses. Yeah, so he puts in there, and he's like bringing over his tools, and the man's like, "No, no!" And then the light, and it cuts to a movie projector. That
1: cuts this episode. They're...
0: some of them are okay. Just tasteful. A little distasteful. Yes. Like, the ones during the episode where they're, like, giving the profile and you see the woman, like, I'm okay with that. But I, okay, I imagine... This
1: one and then the one at the end are, like, girl? Yes. Girl? I
0: I imagine, I mean, we've had this ongoing theme in Criminal Minds of how do you cope, basically? How do you stay sane after seeing all all these terrible, terrible things? The way they cut it is not the best.
1: Not the serve that they think it is, I think. It's also
0: like... it. I don't know. It cuts from this man being tortured to Gideon being like, I fucking love Charlie Chaplin. (laughs) And it's like... I
1: I fucking love old movies with sound for some reason.
0: But this is a classic Criminal Minds tone shift
1: yeah Mm -hmm. classic
0: person being murdered and then physics magic like classic we're seeing this man clearly having the worst day of his life about to be his death and then like boom gideon surprise loves charlie chaplin it's like okay i hate this why is it like this
1: it's it wouldn't be criminal minds if we did not have the tonal whiplash of a car crash
0: 100 percent.
1: i think i think that's just it also, can I tell you about my pet peeve with this fucking movie that they're watching? Please. Can I tell you about my pet peeve?
0: Go ahead, I hate it too. Why does
1: it have sound? Why does
0: it have music alongside Why it? Why is there music? Why is I there literally... music?
1: Why is I there was... music? There should not be music. Why is there I... music?
0: I literally was like, is this diegetic? Like, is- e-
1: Exactly! I was thinking about it, I'm like, is Gideon playing the music- on his, like, laptop while the movie is playing.
0: Does he also have the sound tape or just the film tape? And it's just like...
1: Is this music just playing for us, the audience, not the characters in the world?
0: Like, I would believe it at the end that it was just for us because we don't hear them talking. But, like, in this scene, this music is loud. This music
1: is loud, and for what?
0: Also, Gideon is laughing like this is the funniest shit he's ever seen in his life, and it's not even like funny moat like necessarily like it's not even good moment.
1: Charlie Chaplin.
0: It's it's he's just like sitting there, and Gideon's like, "This is fucking funny, dude." And like, well, here's
1: the thing: the last time Gideon heard a joke. Was the first ever knock knock joke ever created. So, (laughs) since then, this is kind of the height of comedy, actually.
0: And I do think I'm not knocking Charlie Chaplin. I think he's funny and I think his physical comedy is like amazing. But, like, what, what we're watching, it's like he's messing with a hose and then he's like pulling the trombone and falling over. It's just like basic stuff. I don't know. Again,
1: it's not even like the good Charlie Chaplin that everybody knows and thinks about. It's not even the house falling down around right. him. It's not even the train. Like it's just, it's not even good Charlie Chaplin, is the thing.
0: I bet they could only show a certain amount of time.
1: Oh, I bet they only had the rights to like the worst Charlie Chaplin
0: film. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe if they'd shown us a little more and given us some like context, it makes sense. But instead, it's just Hotch and Gideon staring at the screen going, <laughs> he's a genius. And it's like, but it's <laughs>
1: hilarious. Like, okay.
0: Anyway. I know the last
1: time you cracked wise was when fire was created, but <laughs> surely we have
0: some better standards by now. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, I made some notes about Gideon's office. So he has those kids drawings on his walls which I mm-hmm. thought was cute. We've seen this before. But the top of his bookshelf has a bunch of old like film cameras, either movie or just, you know, still film cameras. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. I like hadn't noticed that before, but he is very fixated on pictures, you know.
1: He does have a bit of a fascination with the form.
0: Is next episode the last episode?
1: Next episode is No Way Out the Evolution of Frank, yes.
0: Okay. So we'll see even more his focus on it's interesting that they chose this and his like fascination with like film right before the next episode where pictures play a big part. I think they just have to like get that in. They were like, uh, yeah.
1: We don't think Patinkin is gonna stick around for much longer. We gotta wrap up this Gideon <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: no. <laughs> No, it's also, it's so weird. I guess we'll talk about this one next episode, but like, this is a really lighthearted Gideon episode. And then next episode is just like, nah, 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 bro. Nah, I'm quitting. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's like, actually, no.
1: (laughs) This is weird because this is a very like heavy episode when it comes to the case, but it's a very lighthearted episode when it comes to Gideon. And then next episode is Gideon having a full breakdown. (laughs) <laughs> like, okay, yeah. so, like, what was your last straw here, kids? What was it? What was your last straw here, my <laughs> boy?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so that we find out that the reason he has the projector is because he's going to show it to his cadets that he teaches and show them how to cope with the stress of the job. And then, okay, Derek comes in and goes, Oh, Mr. Chaplin, the funny guy. And they're like, <laughs> Gideon's like, Yes, very famous classic comedian charlie chaplin and derek's like you know if what I, the rumors i've heard are correct he was the original player why don't you just watch it on dvd like okay old timers and he's it's just hilarious to hear him be like why don't you watch it on dvd because like at the time dvd was like the newest form of yeah watching media. but nowadays it's like you know you can get that for free on youtube right
1: you know like, you can look you know, up Charlie Chaplin on YouTube and probably find his full films. Yeah,
0: I bet you could go on Hulu. Like, it wouldn't be like, why don't you watch it on DVD and Blu-ray? Like, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Do you want a fun fact yeah. about Charlie Chaplin? Mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin once came in third in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest.
1: Yeah, so true, King. Also, this episode aired on May 9th, 2007, right after my birthday. Bad time for B. Right, bad <laughs> time for bees in 2007. It knew. It, knew. it knew. They were like, this bitch is going to live in Kansas City later in life, and she's going to regret every second of it because of this episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> okay. We got oh, to keep going. This is
0: going to be an episode, huh?
1: This is certainly going to be a episode of Wheels Up Our Podcast. Of our wonderful uh, podcast that everybody yeah. loves.
0: So Derek is like, Why don't you just watch it on DVD? And Hotch is like, Sometimes people like to watch things on film, and he's like, Okay, I'll leave you old timers alone and wander, wander away. And Hotch stays for a few minutes, and Gideon is just like, la- He's laughing too hard.
1: He's laughing way too
0: hard. He's laughing too hard. Okay. Way too hard. So here we go. Now it's time to talk about JJ. I. Like this glimpse they give us this episode of JJ's paperwork side. So she's in her like dark office with her one lamp surrounded by just stacks and stacks of folders. Just working through them, right? And then this guy comes in and knocks on his door and she's like, come in, whatever he introduces himself, Detective McGee, he's from Kansas City, he called last week about missing people. She is able to remember. Yeah. She's like, wait, didn't I tell you to send me the files? Like, she can pull that shit from her brain. Okay? You're like, looking at all these files she has, she sent him back like a week ago, he called her. I was just like, that's impressive. But then, like, okay, He has the audacity to show up in person Mm -hmm. after she told him, you have to send paperwork. And I get why he did it. You know, we're glad it was real, whatever, blah, blah. But from her perspective, she, a young woman, has this office job where all day long, she looks at cases, talks to people, whatever. And when she tells them, sorry, you don't have enough, send me your paperwork and I'll look at it if every one of those men felt entitled to just show up in her office. Yeah. Like the disrespect Mm -hmm. of not listening. And I get it. Like he didn't have paperwork. No one was listening to him. Fine. It turned out fine in this case, but it just made me so mad that he like, he disrespected the process. And she as like, Uh, young one and you can see he starts like talking and she's just like looking around at all of her files she's like i have so much work to do and i already gave you an answer
1: yeah why are
0: you here you know
1: it is super interesting and then the way that they sort of like the way that they do this the way that they frame this guy and the way that they frame reed are really similar and I think that's also especially true with the way that these people interact with JJ and the way yeah. she does put up with it, even though she doesn't have to, technically. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, I do feel like there's a sense of entitlement. They're entitled to her time and her intention. attention, mm-hmm. you know? And she, like, is a nice person, so she gives it to them. But she's also very busy, so she's kind of she's annoyed about it. She's a busy person. Clearly. I also,
1: like, I haven't seen so her office in a while. Like,
0: no is this the yeah. first
1: time we can see inside of her office it can't be
0: no well we see it we see in fisher king part one she like has she goes in in the box with the butterfly and it's like on her desk oh she's right yeah she has in that one she has so many papers so many folders they're like all, slanted on her printer like just everywhere yeah Very
1: true ADHD office, for sure, for sure, for for sure. sure.
0: She's like, I'm swamped. But also, if any of these files get out of my line of sight, they're gone forever. (laughs) They're super disappeared. I do need to see them a lot at all times, yeah. So no, I think this might be like the second time. There was another time she came in and she like pinned something up. But this might be like the second A third time we've seen, like, inside of her office.
1: And this is, I feel like, our first proper view into her office. Like, the first scene, the first extended scene that happens in her office here.
0: Yeah, before it's kind of been, like, a frame of, like, look at this. Like, JJ has an office. Look at her stuff. This is the first time it's just, like, if you need to find her, you go to her office kind of thing, you know?
1: It's also, like, I like her office and i like how much paperwork there is not because it's like ha, jj's always busy she's always she's always on that damn phone texting but also <laughs> it's like she's an administrator yes she does paper like that is most of what her job is up until this point she does paperwork yeah she's just like she's an office administrator she's a mid-level bureaucrat you know what i mean yeah like,
0: I think it really highlights how out of her depth she was in the Henkel episodes. Like, mm-hmm. we see her like mm-hmm. this, behind a desk, surrounded by papers. Last episode, what did she do? She had some papers. She notified her family, and then she went back to her paperwork, you know? I think it really just, like, highlights that when she gets out in the field, she that is not her comfort zone. It's not where she's, you know, quote-unquote, supposed to be. So yeah. I did, I did like that. And also the fact it's that nice. he... I do also like, for all that I hate that he felt like entitled to her time, I do like that he went to her, and not like Hotch. Hot. Yeah, right. Because we see with the ambassador, Emily's mother, she just goes, she, she goes straight to Hotch, and is like, yeah. "I have a case, take it." Whereas this guy knows JJ is the one who chooses the cases. She's the one that I have to convince there's a problem. Yeah, and. I think this conversation is really interesting.
1: Mhm.
0: You know, so the guy pulls out his 40 tiny notebooks, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And jj is like, "I have work to do." I don't know. <laughs> she's like, "I have so much paperwork already. She's, don't you dare add to it." She's like, "I've so She's like, "Why are you putting 40 tiny notebooks on top of my 40 folders?" like, "Stop." Yeah. So, he mentions like he you know, he says, "I don't have any files." and she's like then why are you here you yeah. know and he's like no none of them have been reporting missing but like i patrol you know skid row the druggies the sex workers like that's my beat and every week there's fewer and fewer people and jj's like okay and and the guy's saying like look i even got no board for cleaning up the streets and she's like congratulations and like <laughs> why are you here and then he says you know the only reason crime went down is because the people on the street are going missing like a couple of days and she's like well they're they're transient right so like is it isn't that the nature of people who live like this on the street they come and they go and he's like not like this i see them in the morning and by lunch they're gone and she's like, okay, sure, that's weird, whatever. How many people? And he says 63. 63 people who were always there and now they're gone. And that's when she's like, 63 people? You know, like I have to at least talk to Hodge about that. Like 63 people. And It's
1: 63 people and I think the note that also does it.
0: Right, I was just going to say, he gets a note that's like, There are two types of people, the people who do the work and the people who take credit. And she's like, okay, that is... And it it was attached to a clipping of the article about him getting this award from the mayor.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So she's like, okay, hold on. So now we have 63 people who haven't been reported missing, but who you are used to seeing in this spot. They're gone now. And you have somebody who is taking notice that you're getting the credit for their work. Meaning there might be a person actually doing this. Yeah. So J so JJ well, then JJ's like, okay, let's see what we can do. And then it cuts to somebody like hosing down the floor of the operating room. And they the are not
1: afraid to show blood this episode.
0: Did you think it was weird? There was more blood and gore than usual this episode. There was. And, and they do start ramping up how much blood they show, and it gets like. So yeah. Become pretty liberal with it. But I don't think we've seen. We haven't seen this much. much
1: blood yet before.
0: Blood, yet. yeah.
1: And it seems weird to me that they're doing it like. Just like middle of the season. you know, I mean near near the end of the season I guess. It's not like new season, new us. The network gave us w- more fake blood in our budget. You know what I mean?
0: You know like, what I think it is? Next episode. I, I won't spoil anything. But we see a victim. I mean. Rough shape. Bad, bad shape. And I think they do this. To kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. Because like all the killings we've had. Like I'm trying to think of like the the dead bodies we've seen. It's not that many. I mean, so we have fire and ashes, right? So we see the burn victims. You're like, oh God. And then we have. I remember we were just talking about this with Honor Amongst Thieves. When the guy's getting his ear cut off and there's no blood. There's like no blood. It's just like dripping on the ground. Yeah. There's right. no blood on his shirt. No. And then last episode... What was the last episode?
1: Last episode was open season.
0: Right. And it had the so,
1: comical funk arrows. Right.
0: But there <laughs> was, like, blood dripping down. And we did see the guy. His stomach got stabbed. It was all bloody. And now we have this episode. Which, which is really bloody. Right like, off the bat. Real bloody from Criminal Minds. And then next episode, it's just, like, even higher. Like next episode, yeah. I'm pretty sure we get like Gideon washing blood off his hands, you know. So I think yeah. they they're easing into.
1: They're trying that. to get us into the the bloody mood? Question mark. I don't like that's that phrase. Mark, actually, <laughs> <mark>. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. I'm done. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think that I know that now that I'm looking at this pattern. I do think that's probably what the, they wanted to do something big for the season finale so they we had, kinda had to, to dip
1: our toes into it
0: yeah they had to introduce blood to the show because it has been really clean from before this for a for a crime show for sure yeah it's been a lot of like look there's some blood on the walls or like we saw the bloody bed in Henkel for like in big game or whatever for like two seconds you know tj like steps on some blood you know yeah we haven't seen even reed wasn't like bleeding
1: When he was in that
0: chair, you know, so that's interesting. Also, okay, were you surprised there was no, like, connection between Reed and the fact that these are all drug users?
1: No, they completely forgot about Reed's uh, drug abuse storyline, and so did I, honestly.
0: I just was like, this whole episode is about how people who use drugs are unclean and need to be killed. And there's just no, like, hey, Reed did drugs for a little bit. None of that. (laughs)
1: Hey, Reed (laughs) dabbled. There was none of that. And I was just like. It was also weird to me that they didn't make a connection between Reed and the very clearly OCD detective.
0: Yes. Well, I don't think Reed is. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think he really has. I don't think he has
1: obsessive compulsive disorder. No, I think he maybe has tendencies, but don't we all? I say yeah. a person who has o c d don't we all
0: <laughs> don't we all
1: <laughs> isn't this normal for everybody right right <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know it was it was a really read light episode, which I mean I enjoyed, which was good, yeah, on, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um.
1: Very big light, a, a very giddy and happy episode. It's like the vibes were kind
0: of weird. It was a weird vibe episode all around. Like, I liked that JJ was in the kind of forefront, but like, was she? And then, like, Hotch was like in a good mood, kind of? For and once. Then, and then Giddy was laughing, and then Penelope was all sad. And then Derek was like hitting on homeless people. And like, Reed gets propositioned by every sex it was just like what is I can't catch the vibe of this episode but then also this lady is like crawling on broken glass so like and
1: then again there's 63 people murdered in a meat meat packing plant in Kansas City like what
0: what okay we'll keep talking about this because it was just like thing after thing I was like why
1: why is the vibe (laughs) like this
0: what is the vibe of this episode yeah okay so Then there's the opening. The team is meeting in the briefing room. So JJ, I guess, like, went to Hotch who called a. It's weird to me that this does not take place, like, in Hotch's office with Gideon there. And instead, they've, like, called the whole team into the briefing room as if they're briefing on this case. That was a little, like, preemptive to me. I don't know.
1: I feel like they've been preemptive with a lot of things this these last few ones though. Like the That's true. Honor Among Thieves was also like felt presumpt- presumptuous to me, like True. I don't know. It was weird.
0: Yeah. So basically the Detective McGee is like there's no official investigation because no one's been reported missing. And Derek asks about stats and reads like I mean they do have like transient lifestyles. But they stick to areas they're comfortable with. They don't, it's not like, you know, a lot who, of or what are they, hobos who, like, train hopping. Like, that's not yeah. how it is in cities.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it is, like, they stay where the resources are. Right. Why Proximity leave... to resources. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also, you, like, make a home on the street and you build a community, et cetera. Why would you just, like, leave that? Right. And the guy keeps, like, shuffling his notebooks. Like, Derek puts one down and gets another one, and the guy, like, gets the one Derek just put down and, like, stacks it all together. Like, everyone's noticing it. And Emily's like, well, why don't we, like, look for missing people? And Detective McGee says, you know, we checked all the databases. I've been to the morgue, to the hospital, et cetera. Like, they're nowhere. They're gone. And Gideon and Hotch are both like, we need an official investigation. We can't look at it without, like, an invitation and gideon says jurisdictional issues aren't open to debate which okay gideon sounds like you just don't want to do this
1: which fair nobody so, wants to go to kansas city
0: that's fair and so they're basically like not going to do it so then judy goes to hot and judy's like hot there's 63 victims and Hotch is like well maybe you and i can fly back with him and we'll talk to the captain and hopefully get an invitation Gideon's gonna go teach his class and then, like, come back and see what's up. And so close, Hops looks at JJ and says, be ready in 30.
1: We are just chomping at the bit for our next Wheels Up, aren't we? Yeah, we are not, chomping at the bit.
0: It's not gonna be next episode. They don't go anywhere.
1: So so there's
0: We're three, down at, this three this season. I promise promise by season 15, they're like, wheels up, wheels up, high five, wheels up, high five, wheels up, high five, like I promise. Multiple
1: times per episode.
0: There's literally a moment when they all stand in a circle and decide to do something and Emily puts her hands in and goes, wheels up. And one by one, they go around the team with everyone putting their hands in and saying, wheels up, like it's a football champ. Okay, I promise you. But this, apparently, not this season.
1: (laughs) And not the first season either. We're going to be sick of Wheels Up by the time we get to season 15. But for now, man, are we in a desert without water? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Okay. And then Emily's like, leave the notebooks. The guy's like, I'm not leaving the fucking notebooks. So then they're like, okay, you've got 30 minutes to tell us everything. And he's like, okay, and he starts talking. So then they're on the plane, and JJ's like, "We're landing in ten minutes," and the guy's like, "Already?" And she goes, "It's a fast plane." <laughs> Which made me laugh. All well,
1: planes are fast by virtue of being planes, but thank you so much, JJ. I mean, I mean, it's. I think just we like... talked about it last time. It's like what, probably like a three-hour, four-hour flight.
0: Yeah, I think it was like a three to four-hour flight.
1: It's just. I mean, because again, Kansas City is in the middle of the country. Like, yeah. near geographically. Yeah.
0: It's just funny to me that she's like, it's a fast plane. That's her, like, awkward, like, well. That's her. <laughs> well, it's a fast plane. <laughs> okay, bye. And just, like, walks away. So she sits down with Hotch, and Hotch basically mentions she's like, he's obsessed with those notebooks. And Hotch is like, almost clinically. And then JJ goes, says, great, our only witness may be mentally unstable. How do we feel about that?
1: Bad. We feel bad about it. (laughs) James Boy named the fourth. We feel bad about this one, bud.
0: I, I only know kind of like the gist of OCD. But I can't imagine it would make you unstable unless it was incredibly severe like to the point where he couldn't be a police officer
1: this show by and large does not do OCD good right because like (laughs) I remember there's this one there's the one episode about the blind child and then there's the other episode about the woman who wants to be released from like an institution the one that Derek talks with oh yeah, yeah, you know the one. Um and those are just three off the top of my head uh where they do OCD pretty dirty. Um gang here's this fun thing about OCD is that uh it does not hurt anybody more than it hurts the person who has OCD. You know, like it's a very as with a lot of things, right? It's very internalized, like it's literally your own brain torturing you with thoughts. Um it's not great, but it also doesn't make me clinically insane, or I cannot imagine a case in which I would be considered, like, unable to stand witness at a criminal trial. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's the crux of the matter, right? I can't imagine an issue in which I would be, me, a person with OCD, would be not allowed to stand witness at some sort of criminal trial in something that was my expertise. Like, this guy's expertise is policing. You know what I mean?
0: I also think that it's odd that they're diagnosing him basically with OCD, and they refuse
1: to do the same to Reed. Not that of course he has OCD,
0: but like they refuse to artistic. diagnose that boy. Like, yeah. but also the things that they're pointing out are like he keeps all of his notebooks very organized, and he's territorial of them. His desk is neat with his like pencils all in a line.
1: Neatness does not OCD make guys. You can just be right. a neat freak,
0: right? And that's what it felt it, to me. It felt like he's very protective over his notebooks because they're the only evidence this is happening. And two, for sure, yeah, he knows he was a you know pity hire, and so he's doing everything he can to seem like professional.
1: Also, like. Those notebooks are his continuation of, like, his dad's legacy.
0: Right. What is a legacy? Stop. (laughs) Stop. Cease. 40 notebooks that we never get to see.
1: Cease at once!
0: (laughs) Right. But to me, like, like, to me, that guy screams autistic. Don't touch my things. I need things a certain way. Yeah, I cannot I could see properly that, yeah. communicate what's going on, you know. But I could they see just, that, yeah, they were just like, "Oh, he's like super anal about his notebooks." They haven't even seen his desk yet. All they've seen is that he keeps his notebooks like straight and close to him. And they're like, "Yeah, he has
1: also, a to me. like, I keep my work notebook straight and close to me because it has things in it that I need to do my job, like." Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't like that they label him that. I. And. I don't know if it would be better or worse if it, like, came to something. You know? Like, the front of this, the first bit of this episode is all like here's this quote unquote OCD detective who has a hunch, can't prove it, no one's listening to him. Then they take the case, and he basically, like, becomes a background character. And at the end, he doesn't even go into the surgery room. He's, like, standing outside it. So it's And they just like, all pat him on the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, and they don't it even feels all, very... like, two of them do. It's like, why even why, I like, you know, yes, sure, representation, but, like, why bother diagnosing him with OCD if it's just for yucks, you know? is Are they trying to discredit him and then, like, surprise, it is real, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that is. Like, is it just another one of their attempts to make the like detectives, the one off detectives seem likable? Because by and large they do a good job with that, right? They make the detectives at least memorable, if not likable. So I wonder if this is just another attempt to do
0: that? But I don't think so because they JJ and Hotch are not nice to him. Yeah. Like, if they're trying to make him likable, then they are making the main characters like,
1: Unlikeful. bitches
0: for a couple scenes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they did it. I don't think it was necessary. I don't know. But then uh, uh, JJ's like, oh, great. I listened to this guy. He's, you know, he's got OCD. CD. Like, Jesus, this could be a wild goose chase. And then Hotch is like, an agent I greatly respect believes that this is important to look at. So... We're looking at it. And JJ's just like, okay. But you can tell she's like, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. She like leans back like, don't smile, don't smile, don't smile. I'm <laughs> I mean, like, just a little bit. Yeah, it's just like a little like, like oh my god, that's greatly respectful.
1: like, oh my god. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 it is, I like it. It's also just like a, I don't know, I dig this scene.
0: I just... I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about this whole situation. So JJ was completely uninterested until it turned out that maybe it was 63 people. Right. Which is a lot of people. 63
1: people and a letter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, what if it was all of that and then 10 people? Would that not? Is it the number? You know, because the letter does matter, but they never go back to it once it's, like, used as a tool to get JJ on their side. And then what does JJ... And then when... So JJ takes it to the team who is uninterested, and then JJ has to be like, Hotch, there's 63 people. And that's what convinces Hotch, which, like, cool, but would she not have... Why don't you lead with that 63 people? Why is that, like... The case is not enough to stand on its own, but there's maybe 63 people. This just feels like one of those episodes that, like, because they're right... It doesn't matter how, like, flimsy it was in the beginning. Because they're right. So it was good that they did it. When, like, in reality, what they are presented was not strong enough to pursue. You know what I mean? I mean,
1: I, I understand that. But also, like, there is something to be said with, like, a sliding scale of, like, 63 people. That's over half of my high school graduating class. Like, I don't want to seem callous, but like 63 is more than 10, is more than 5, is more than 3, is more than 2, is more than 1. Right? Like, I think because they didn't have anything else really to stand on here, it's like because you didn't have any other like insane methods or like you didn't know there was an insane method to this killing until you got into it right like all you kind of had for that for that time was the fact that there's a lot of people this potentially affects that's
0: true that's true
1: like it's it's just all part of like the equation that goes into equals taking the case you know what i mean like they had to that's weigh true. some part higher than other because they didn't have anything else they didn't know this man was making saw traps in a meat packing plant like
0: right that's true. If nothing else, they can investigate these missing sixty-three people. You know, if
1: nothing else, sixty-three people is not an insignificant amount of people.
0: That's true. That's from true.
1: anywhere.
0: That's true. Okay, you're right. So thank you. I always do. Okay. So <laughs> so then they're back at the B.A.U. Emily Reed and Derek have just like started going over the profile. And they have, this is where they have all of those postcards up on the board. And you, like, see the visual of 63 people. And they're, like, And it's a lot of people. Yeah. And so it's homeless people, drug addicts, and sex workers. And Reed is kind of, like, you know, they're all high risk. And Emily says, like, if it's not a serial killer, then it's a coincidence. And Reed starts to give them, like, The definition of like coincidence, and Derek is like, We don't need a vocab lesson right now.
1: And he's right, and he's right. Derek is correct to cut Reed off. Like, (laughs) sorry, I'm just a Reed hater, maybe.
0: There's like this huge thing. One of the things they say about like why JJ is awful is that JJ never lets Reed talk and she's always rude about it, whereas everybody else either lets him talk or is like, Hey, not right now, maybe later. And it's like, No. They're all. Derek very just tells to him to shut up, <laughs> yeah. And like, so does Hush, so does everyone. Will be like, Reed, not now, and it's like, but when JJ does it, she's Man, terrible, evil. right? So anyway, Derek asks Reed for a quote from the Yorkshire Ripper, who he basically was a serial killer in Yorkshire, England, and he was mimicking the Jack the Ripper. He was mimicking Jack the Ripper, so they called him the Yorkshire Ripper. And he has this quote that they talk about, but he's basically saying he's cleaning up the streets. Like, these Mm -hmm. people are dirty and they're trash and whatever, and I'm cleaning the streets. And the BAU is like, oh, Derek is like, oh, he's a house cleaner. And Emily, you can see Emily's face. Emily's like, I do not know what that is. (laughs) And they basically explain that a house cleaner just kills and kills and kills. And their motive is like, these people are dirty and I need to clean the streets. And they'll just kill until they're either satisfied or they're dead. And that's why this is such a big deal, because 63 people have gone missing in a year. And I mean, that's more than one a week. That's 52 weeks in a year. 63 people. Yes. More than one a week are just going missing and this person is not gonna stop and so Derek is like we have to wait for an invitation and hope that nobody gets hurt in the meantime so let me cut to Maggie who's walking down the street I'm pretty sure she's a an addict and not a sex worker like primarily because the guy like slows his like ran and he honks and she's like you don't have anything I want yeah. So I, so I think it's kind of implied that like she's out looking for drugs and not necessarily like doing sex work, I don't know. To work, yeah. Yeah, or doing it just for money. Uh but she does lean in and she's like, it would cost you five hundred dollars, which like make that cash so true. So and
1: true. Make that cash.
0: Know your worth. No your worth know
1: your worth.
0: <laughs> know your worth. <laughs> so She's like, it'd be 500 bucks. And he's like, he's the guy is wearing khakis, twitching. Like, there's a a Virgin Mary medallion hanging from the rear view. And the guy's like, get in the back. I don't want anyone to see you. Get in the back. And she's like, Jesus Christ. Fine. Damn. Like, <laughs> he also says
1: something interesting here. Did you catch what he says? What? He doesn't say, he doesn't talk like he's picking her up for him. He speaks like, oh, yeah. There's somebody who wants to meet with you. Yeah. Get in the car so that you can meet with him. Like, he always, I thought it was interesting now that I know the twist to this case. It's like, I thought it was interesting that he's never talking for himself here. He's always talking for somebody else.
0: Yeah, he does. It's very clear that he's picking her up to take her somewhere for somebody else. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think I ever thought that this was the unsub. You know, I mm-hmm. think they kind of they make it clear that the unsub has like a street, a man on the streets to pick people up. At least mm-hmm. that's what I think. I don't know. So, oh my God, there's this really sad moment. Penelope isn't in this episode a lot, but she's in the her computer room. She is. She's in her computer room. She's looking at all these people. And it's like, no one found, no one found, no one found again and again. And she's like, this is tragic. Like, this is 63 people who, like, our society has failed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's not to get on a high horse and say things we all know, but, like, there shouldn't be homelessness. Drug addicts shouldn't be Kicked from their homes and just left to rot, you know. Sex workers should have safe environments. They shouldn't go missing. These people shouldn't just go missing and no one know who they are or where to find them. Like that's just not how it should be, you know. And I think it's one of those times where, like, you know, I think the audience we forget that Penelope. It's not should you know she doesn't want to see bloody images but she still has to see shit like this you know and like we saw it in yeah in, um we saw it in distress where well, at the end the guy dies and she like, throws off her headset like she is still being affected by mm-hmm. all of this even though she's like in her little room and it makes me yeah sad and
1: i for think her so true i'm so sad for her i love her i think they also kind of dive into it in the first part of next season because we get the run-up to 309 penelope um i think we kind of like they touch on how penelope on how all of them in general but like especially they touch on penelope a few times and how she's traumatized by this job
0: she is you know and i think it's very interesting how they as a team decide to protect her, not just after 309, or because of 309, but we'll see it throughout the show that she is, they protect her, you know, and they yeah. understand why she has all these things, especially when we get to, like, the Black Queen stuff, you know, you, like, understand why she's so surrounded by color and she makes such an effort to be bright and kind of, like, the depth of her Sadness, you know, and I and I like mm-hmm. that they, even now, like, I think, you know, and I don't know how much of it is, you know, Kirsten, and how much of it is the writers, but like, yes, Penelope is bubbly and blonde and cute and like and dorky and kind she's of so dumb, so fun, so fun, but she's very like I'm a manic manic pixie dream girl, but she yeah like, has this deep deep emotional core. You know, and she like loves so deeply, and she's hurt so deeply, and I, I really like that. I like Penelope as a character.
1: I think she's really good. She's yeah. such a fun, consistent character. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is a tangent, but did you see Patches Emily Pentis gray hair for the reboot? Oh, for real?
1: Oh, we're love gonna that. get
0: gray-haired Emily Prentice, and I'm oh so my excited. God,
1: we're gonna get. Oh!
0: God exists! MILF status for sure! God exists, and she's gray haired Emily Prentice. (laughs) For sure. Okay. I just needed a bit of levity in the middle of this terrible episode. Okay. So, Maggie wakes up on a concrete floor. Okay, I love this. Her first comment is What did you do to yourself, girl? As if she just had like a, you know, bender and woke up in the hard floor. She's like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> oh.
1: It is so, they made it, she manages to have so much character oh my for God. the hell she's put through. But for
0: the yeah. limited time she's on screen, she has so much character. I love her. And I, I think it's a good, I think so often this show. Like, they do try and humanize sex workers, but it's usually, like, one or two sex workers. They're like, this one's a person, this one's a person, the rest of the time is just kind of, like, the nameless hordes, faceless hordes of sex workers, yeah. you know? Uh, and So I think, I wonder if it's, like, they put this woman, who is an addict, presumably, who is presumably a sex worker, just, they gave her such a personality where you can't just turn off your brain. Like, there's no moment when you're like, maybe she does deserve it for her lifestyle. You know, there's like never that second. Yeah. She like, yeah.
1: We've talked about it before how Criminal Minds is really good at humanizing the victims. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. this is just another, like, really good logical extension of that. And that's why I, like I said, that's why I like this show, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think this is like, We were just talking about it last episode of women and or victims not just giving up and being determined to survive. And it's like, what is a better example of that than last episode and this episode? You know? Yeah, for
1: sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she wakes up. Then she remembers the driver. She's like, wait, shit, what did he give me? We never see how she is drugged and put in this place. Which is interesting to me. But, you know, the assumption is that she never sees the man's face until the end. So I wonder if it was like something was given to her in the van. Or like she got out of the house and was like clocked over the head, you know. They just don't explain like how that transition happens. It's not really important, but I was just thinking about it. Uh, And she's barefoot. She is barefoot. Oh my god, she has a little toe ring. I was like, "How 2007? Remember toe rings? I never (laughs) wore them. My toes were too big.
1: I didn't either. I wasn't fashionable when I was 2007. When I was nine years old, I wasn't that fashionable.
0: Also, like she was wearing a toe ring in her Converse. So like, she wasn't wearing.
1: Was she wearing socks though?
0: Well, we would have no idea. She only finds a Converse."
1: her lucky toe ring that's just you know yeah that's just for her sometimes you, know you gotta we- wear something for you
0: you wear sexy underwear just for you you wear a toe ring yeah, exactly. just for you
1: yeah exactly
0: okay. so she's it's she's already she's clearly disoriented from the drugs or whatever was given to her she like heads towards the door and she's like banging on it and then she's like oh i should just try the handle and she tries it and it's unlocked and immediately you're like that's weird that's suspicious yeah, yeah.
1: That's suspicious that's weird
0: so she walks into a hallway and it's like red doors She go- her door is red she goes through another red door she is not having it she's like fuck this she goes to the next red door and it has a chain on it so she goes full first full face first into the red door and like smashes her nose and she's like calling him a freak the whole time she yeah. keeps being like, "You took my shoes. What are you a freak?" Yeah,
1: which is so funny, and I love her for it. Me too. Like, are you kidding me? Fuck yeah, girl!
0: Yeah, <laughs> so she breaks the chain. She breaks the chain by running at it with her shoulder. But the floor of the next room is covered in glass.
1: It's like it's weird. It's like down a it's little bit. It's a step bit.
0: down. Yeah, yeah, and it's covered in glass. What well, has to be a step down because otherwise, when you open the door, it would move all the glass away.
1: Oh yeah, true, 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 true. Also, okay, real quick, yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I don't agree with how she utilizes her jacket to get to this room.
1: I don't either. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can't. I truly can't judge. Again, never been in a saw right. situation before. <laughs> She's truly doing the best she can at the moment, but and I get that.
0: I get the sweeping it like fine. I would have taken off both of my jackets, laid one, then the other. Step on one, move it. The next one in front, just kind of back and forth like that. You still, it still would not be fun to walk on it. So glass, no. But not only is she doing this weird sweeping thing, but she stops like two feet from the door, throws her jacket. And then leaps out Jump. of the room and fucks her knee up. I'm just like, I guess, but like what? Like I guess they needed her knee to get hurt, but like, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Again,
1: truly never been in a never have been in like a saw trap situation. Not victim blaming. But truly, <laughs> what <the fuck?
0: laughs> like- truly what the fuck. Truly what the fuck. I like one thing that did really they get me though was she falls and then she says help I hurt myself I'm bleeding I cut myself on the glass can somebody help me and it's like even when you're in this situation and you clearly the people who have put you here are not on your side you know she's still calling out for help appealing to humanity you know which i was like oh god yeah okay so while this is happening presumably we're at the kansas city station
1: kansas city kansas station well we so important
0: they haven't named a state yet right well no
1: they do they do they put it on the lower third they say kansas city kansas they specify on the they specify on the lower third when they when they go to the title card yeah yeah
0: they haven't like no one's like said it yet though so i didn't i didn't catch that uh they're in kansas city kansas the police station and the detective mcgee's like i'll go talk to the captain and he leaves to go talk to the captain who looks so familiar
1: This guy is in an episode or two of everything. Stephen Williams has been in like three episodes of everything, for sure.
0: I was like, that guy, that guy. Yeah, that (laughs) guy.
1: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Detective McGee goes in and JJ's like, that is the neatest detective's desk I've ever seen. I love that JJ is like, that doesn't look like my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, JJ, you're
1: a workaholic and...
0: (laughs) You have ADHD.
1: (laughs) You have ADHD, JJ. Not everybody has ADHD like you do, girl.
0: Yeah. It's okay. So Detective McGee goes to talk about him. And like two seconds later, you hear, you did what? (laughs) And and Hotch is like, I'm guessing that didn't go over well. Okay, here's my question for you. Uh Uh-huh. The captain reveals he already knew about this case. And JJ and Hotch were like, you didn't tell us. You already went to him. How many times had Detective McGee said, no one's taking this seriously. No one believes me. There's no official investigation because no one actually thinks this is happening. I am trying. This is my last ditch effort. And then they show up and they're like, your chief knows, but he doesn't believe you. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, that seems weird. That's why you're here. Guys, you
1: know, you know, nobody else believes him. You get that by now.
0: And they say, like, like, we need an official invitation from your chief. And Detective McGee's like, you're not gonna get it. He doesn't believe this is real. And then they go there and they're like, you didn't tell us we'd be facing someone who doesn't believe this is real. Like, it's like that's why he's here. That's why he came to the worst place. Okay, that. That really annoyed me. I was like, why are you guys doing this to this poor guy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, did you guys not read the script four pages ago? You just (laughs) went over this.
0: Yeah. And then JJ's like, why didn't you tell us you already talked to him? And he says, you wouldn't, if I told you that, you wouldn't have come. Which isn't true. Because he told them, and they came anyway.
1: He did did tell them that in a roundabout way. Yeah, sure, 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 yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so then back at the BAU... Gideon comes in and they're like already making a preliminary profile and Gideon's like don't you have other work you should be doing and now I'm like oh this was a paperwork day and Reed, Derek, and Emily went you know sure we could do paperwork or we could make a profile so we're ready when we get there and the three of them were like yeah 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 let's do that one (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah So then Gideon comes in and Gideon's like, what the fuck are you idiots doing? And Derek goes, Gideon, he's a house, a house cleaner with 63 potential victims. And then Gideon's like, oh shit. And this is where I wrote, we have gotten the same information like four different ways now. Like yeah. Gideon was in the room when they talked about 63 potential victims. Like why does, why we get it. It's a lot of people. We get it. It's a it. lot he's of people. Gonna, he's not gonna stop. We get it. No one's taking it seriously, and yet the same thing is happening. It's like, every time a new person walks into the room, they forget that they were in the room the last time, and must get yeah reoriented. It's like, come on, guys. Okay. So the girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. She falls. She jumps the last two feet, like, girl. So then the captain is like, super mad. And is basically telling Hotch, like, I assigned Detective McGee to Skid Row because I thought he'd be harmless. You know, the Skid Row people, they only cause trouble for each other. Skid Row. I know, who Why? still says Skid Row?
1: And also, this is such a minor gripe. Okay. The two sort of, like, roads in Kansas City, in the Kansas City area that, like, are like quote-unquote the bad neighborhood heavy air quotes in case you couldn't hear that um are truest avenue and the paseo both of those are like i'm thinking like a tv writer both of those are like memorable names that you can infuse into your thing to be like oh yeah you don't want to go on the paseo that's skid row like it feels to me like saying skid row Kansas City is not like a super interesting city. I get that, right? I think it is because I live here and it's like two cities on the opposite sides of a state line and that creates a very interesting dynamic. They really just like, needed a city on a border for this one like it feels like they didn't even try to give it any sort of kansas city like flavor or charm later when we come back there's some other fucked up episodes that happened in kc the one with alex's uh brother the other one with the the whole family abductor um those two cases blake's brother oh alex
0: right
1: alex blake's brother yeah yeah um Like, those two, even then, they tried to, like, give it some local charm, you know what I mean? But, like, they, in this episode, they just don't try. Like, and it's so simple. Like, the Paseo, you could use that. That's a simple Google search of Kansas City away, and that would tell you that that's quote unquote the bad road, right? That or truce. Like you could have tried a little bit to give your like backdrop some flavor, like they do with other with other cases. They fucking tried to give Baltimore the dock flavor or whatever. Here it's just like old meat packing plant, wah, 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 wah. like that's <laughs> it's like come on,
0: come on. Also. He says they're at the old meatpacking plant. I was like, is there only one meatpacking plant?
1: Kansas City is like a whole ass city, you guys. Millions
0: of people live here.
1: There's the only more meat than one plant. old meatpacking plant. Like,
0: yeah, no. Criminal Minds does not give two fucking shits about location, about local culture, about nothing. They pick a place they pick two locations and they say, good enough. And And they're like,
1: we'll just make it like Los Angeles is is like Kansas City. And it's like, no, bestie. It's just, it's it's also like (laughs) they like kind of try sometimes when it's like bigger cities, obviously, like if there's, you know, fucking the DC cases, they like name actual DC streets, right? The Los Angeles cases they name Los Angeles landmarks or whatever. Uh y'all couldn't really be bothered to give a shit for well, Casey?
0: See you're you're saying yeah that yes they named real places in Washington DC. Are there places anything would happen? No. The no. sex birth death I'm like yes you have named two streets in Washington C., DC. Congratulations. You named the one that's right next to where I go to Trivia where this would never fucking happen. And you name the other one where all the rich people live, but like not in a, so there's a ton of sex workers way, but in a, it's all row homes and cafes way. It's like, yes, they name some streets sometimes, but they're still wrong.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's just like,
0: it's bad. No, it's bad. I don't like it. Okay.
1: It's just fucking annoying.
0: So he says, like, Detective McGee, yeah, was put on Skid Row because they, quote-unquote, only caused trouble for each other. So then JJ's like, oh, is this, like, the envelope for the letter? And they're like, yeah, it's clean for prince And it turns out he's only been a cop for four years, or a detective for four years. No, he's only been a cop for four years, and he was already made detective. And McGee's like, yeah, they promoted me to keep me away from the general public. Which, like, there's. N- From what we see of this guy, he's just. He would be kinda- a perfect police sm- spokesman. Are you kidding me? He's just, like, kind of awkward. Like, I don't understand why they're making it. Like, they're trying to make it seem like he has OCD, so he's unstable. And he's such a klutz. Like, they're trying to play this, like, he's so bad at being a cop. And it's like, we have he's no evidence not. of this. He's not. He's care. very he, good at being a cop. He clearly cares about the people he's patrolling for. He cl- Also, do detectives patrol? I guess they must have just made up a special position for this dude. I guess. <laughs> it's like he's the detective of Skid Row. I wonder if they expected him to just like sit there and wait for cases to come in. And instead he was like, I'm in charge of Skid Row. I'm going to go meet the people. And he like went out and like. I bet you that's exactly
1: what it is. Yeah. That's precisely what it is with his little notebooks. Honestly, I find this dude more charming than I don't. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: He's endearing as hell. He just ended up in a really mean police station. (laughs)
1: He clearly gives a shit, which is more than I can say for most police officers who deal with homeless people. Like, he clearly cares enough to, like, note down their names and what they're wearing and who they hang out with. Like, he has notebooks, guys. He He has notebooks.
0: He sees these people as his people. He was put in charge of caring for these people. And he, by God, he's going to do it. You know? Yeah And and I think it's really it's endearing (laughs) as hell. Like I love this boy. I love this man boy. And then so then Hotch is talking to the chief and the chief is like, again, sorry for you like coming out and Hotch is like, No big deal, like we'll help with the problem and the captain's like, What problem? They're all he says, Bums, whores and junkies. And that's when Hotch is like, Hmm. And the captain says, Can these people even be missing? And Hotch is like, hmm, hmm, okay, okay, well. And Hotch is like, look, he will be easy to catch these guys. They're very, like, specific, whatever. And the captain's like, no, no one cares that these people are going missing. And Hotch wonderfully says, what if they were cheerleaders or mothers? What if they were, like, rich people? And the captain's like, excuse me? And Hotch is like, you said, can these people even be missing? What if they were people you actually fucking cared about? Which I like loved.
1: Hotch starts to get like this like power play. Like he's on his like alpha male bullshit.
0: He's okay. There's a little daddy Hotch in this episode.
1: (laughs) You cannot say that. You cannot say that.
0: I can and you can't make me and you can't edit it out.
1: <laughs> he's a Blast, little. I've given up my power.
0: He's a little kind of like, Daddy Hodge in this episode. Stop. Stop. I like Stop. it. Stop.
1: Stop. I will admit he's on his like alpha male, like playing games kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? And like he just has it. a long time where he just stares at this dude.
0: He like. There's a scene later and i won't mm-hmm. like spoil it too much but there's a scene in like season 4 basically where hotch is like in court talking about something and the lawyer is like profiling is bullshit i bet you can't guess the color of my socks and hotch is like they're gray and the guy's like how could you possibly know that and so hotch starts like your phone you're this you're addicted to horse racing your watch is shitty You've got bad shoes, and just starts like one by one listing everything about this man, and then is like, and because of all of that, I know you wear like Hanes five dollar gray socks. And the judge is like, well, let's see your socks, and they're fucking gray socks. And it's one of those just like Hutch. He does. I don't think he enjoys using it, but every now and then he's just like, by the way, I, I am Daddy Hotchner, just so you know. he's also
1: like i like the times when he chooses to remind us that he is one of the smartest people in the room like he often gets overshadowed by the bigger personalities on his team and i think he like lets that happen because everybody needs like that coworker who's like just content to chill in the background you know
0: yeah
1: uh and he's like content to sort of like let the bigger personalities kind of talk it out and let you know like the junior agents like learn something but like there's these moments where he's like I'm the head of the BAU for a fucking reason. I earned this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I love it.
0: Yeah, and and that's exactly what I was going to say. Most of the time, he is that, you know, tree, right? He's the roots of the team. He keeps everyone steady and stable, and that's his job, and he's happy to do it, you know, calling the shots and whatever, but letting other people be the loudest voices. But every now and then he's like, and now I'm going to show you why I am the head of this team. Yeah. I am smart. I am powerful. I've got this, you know? And I think that's why sometimes people rub up against him wrong, because they either don't believe he has that or they feel challenged or whatever. But I think it's one of his greatest, like, qualities to just, like, come out of nowhere and be like, actually, I am more powerful than you. Sorry. Not sorry. I love it so then back to JJ and McGee and JJ's like you know a lot of people wouldn't care as much as you do about you know these transient people and he says that you know he does care about them and it's not about keeping them in line like they're people and he finds out we find out that his dad was a cop killed in the line of duty and that the captain Captain Wright was his dad's partner And that's the only reason why they keep him on. And then Jade just goes to say, I'm sure that's not true. But then she notices the envelope and is like, wait a minute. This is from Kansas City, Missouri. We're in Kansas City, Kansas. So she goes to Hotch and is like, this case crosses state lines. It's federal jurisdiction. And the captain is like, I'm not going to do it. And Hotch is like, look, I don't care. You guys can make the arrest. Whatever. And the captain's like, Why would you do that? And he's like, It's what we do. So I asked a friend of mine who is a cop what Mm -hmm. this about the whole like why it matters who makes the arrest, why it matters who gets the caller, basically. And it's like it goes in their like personal folder, how many cases they've solved and arrests they've made and all that. So that when you wanna be promoted, you basically have a portfolio of work that you've done and so like a bigger name case like the ones the bau did would have a lot more weight than just like a regular case and if the bau claims that it takes it then you don't really have anything to show that you were were working on it or did it or whatever so the bau i mean it's the
1: same as any other job basically like you show past projects you've done to be like hey i deserve a raise yeah yeah
0: I just thought it was. Really it's, I
1: mean, same as anything else.
0: I was just. I just asked about it because I was like, "Does it really matter who's like names at the top of the sheet?" But it's like it can really only go to like one team or one person, so it's yeah. hard to like share it.
1: It also, I think, plays with what they mentioned earlier this episode of like, if we didn't let you all have the arrest, nobody would want to come to us for help because we would be stealing credit everywhere we went. So yeah. like we want everybody to like us so bad, so we will let you get the arrest. <laughs> like,
0: That's very funny.
1: They have to be people pleasers in a way, right? I mean, like, yeah. they're more mid-level right. bureaucrats than anything else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> and
0: also, like, you know, obviously the real BAU doesn't work like this, but in Criminal Minds Universe, they're consultants. You know, like, they show up to help the local station, the local police Solve the case. So it would be almost shitty Rude. to show up. Yeah, and just take the credit and bounce when it's like, no, the locals realized they were out of their death. They called for help. We helped. They solved the case, you know? So that's, yeah. I thought that was like interesting little thing. Okay. So then we get back to the woman. Oh my god, her feet are bleeding and there's like glass sticking out of her feet. And I was just like, Oh, heart shivers.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. She gets up. She's in a room. There's like blank white walls. She's calling out, and then all the lights go out and the door closes, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And then over the PA system, a man says, "Would you like to know the future?" It's a projection of the old man who just died. So, like, we learn that this guy films every single one of his killings and also
1: can I say something
0: Mm.
1: can I say something you may the angle that this old man is filmed from makes it seem like the light that he was looking up at earlier was where the camera was right that's the vibe you got as well because that light was splattered and covered with blood where's that blood on the film
0: I I think the camera was above, like you know, the light was hanging a little bit. So the camera was like up. And he probably cleans it between every killing.
1: But the But the old man looked up in the light, and there was blood splattered all over that like light fixture in the ceiling. And then the camera the shot we're showing later is like Exactly that light angle, but reverse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. Sure, if it was from a different angle, fine. Live your best life. I'll get let you get away with it. If you want to bullshit that that <laughs> fucking light is also the camera and also covered in blood, I better see some fucking blood. I better see yeah. some blurriness on that fucking lens. I'm pissed.
0: That's a hilarious gripe to have with this episode on this week. That's really funny. That's a gripe for this episode. (laughs) One of them, I guess. Okay. So. The projection of the old man being hurt. He's screaming. And the woman is like, please stop, please stop. And then by the time the lights turn back on, she's like curled in a ball on the side of the room. Like she was trying not to like watch it all, but just like, yeah, me too. And she's basically like, please, I have a baby named Sheila May. I just want to get back to her. Please, let me get back to my daughter. And she's like, what did I ever do to you? Why are you doing this? What did I do to you? And he basically starts just like listing STIs. And she's like, I just went to the clinic. I'm clean. I don't have any of them. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm doing this because you were you. And she's like, well, fuck.
1: And, like, what's uh, going on here, besties?
0: He's got a bunch of issues, and I don't give a shit about this. I want this man to die. Which I think he does. <laughs> okay. Oh, he super does. Oh, yeah. So now we're back at the station. The rest of the team has arrived. How? How? Another the-
1: plane, I guess?
0: Do they have two jets? I mean, I- we know they have multiple jets, because, like, the, the other one who said this. The, like, numbers on the jets change. But, like, now I'm just, imagine a fucking, like, the four of them on a commercial flight. Gideon yeah. gets first class for himself. And then Emily, Reed, and Derek are, like, crammed in their seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, Reed in the middle, just so they can annoy him. All right. The rest of the team arrives, and they're, like, we're ready to give the profile. And the captain's, like, what? Already? And Reed's, like, oh, yeah, we've been working it on it. We've been working on it all day for, you know, an abundance of preparedness. (laughs) And the captain just, like, rolls his eyes. And you can see me in the background being like, oh, it's one of those days. (laughs) Maggie says she's clean. She's like, I'll do anything you want me to. Just let me get out of here. And he he tells her, okay, you're in the middle of a 33,000 square foot facility. If you can find your way out before the sun rises, you're free. And you're like, great, she a goal.
1: Some real fucking saw trap bullshit.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to give the profile and then I'll say like what we're seeing. So the profile is that he's going to be easy to recognize and locate. He leaves a long lasting negative impression. He sees himself as cleaning house, as fixing what's wrong with the world he rationalizes his behavior, he believes he's doing the world a service. If there's somebody close to him, it's going to be somebody subservient. Um and then they say, okay. They say that the unsub probably has OCD. They say that. That he cuz he's like compulsively cleaning the disease and shit, he probably has OCD. But then they don't even cut to McGee. They just say it and they move on like it's nothing also
1: the (laughs) i know you probably don't know this i mean it's a weird part of internet history so maybe you do but one of the detectives who says like man this guy seems like a weird real whack job or whatever it's fucking joel Heyman from rooster teeth who played caboose in red versus blue for years really that's a really i mean it's like a weird niche part of internet history but like I saw him, and I was like, hey, that's Joel Heyman! Like, it's like, hey, wait, I know that dude! That man played a Halo guy! So, you know. Just so you know.
0: Just a, just a fun fact for all y'all out there. I thought that was gonna somehow, like, transition into you talking about them saying this guy has OCD, and just, no. It's just the Rooster Teeth no, guy.
1: It's just the Rooster Teeth guy. I'm sick of the way this episode fucking talks about OCD. <laughs>
0: So then they say he probably has indignation over what he thinks is wrong, and the disappearance started at about a year ago, so there's some stressors. Do you want to talk about what OCD is at all?
1: Um, it's nothing like what they describe in this episode.
0: (laughs) Okay. Process of
1: elimination. Um, I mean like obsessive compulsive disorder comes in a lot of different like, little forms. Um, they've talked about a few different forms of it on this show, um, and they've done that with varying degrees of success and failure. Um, they are They are wrong about it in this episode. The most sort of, like, the big media portrayal about OCD is like, oh my god, you have to keep things clean and orderly, and you have to open and close the door three times. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, those are Fine. some... Symptoms or some side effects of o c d but most of o c d is just like your brain getting stuck on one thing and refusing to move on until you finish the thing, which like I mean in general, right so it they oftentimes do it with germs and with like I remember later on in the episode he does everything like three times, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe those routines later on um in the episode with the blind kid. Uh, the guy does oh. everything three times. Right. Um, and it's like, okay, that's just like a routine that some people with OCD have. Like, it's just... They do it bad this episode. They do it bad every other episode. Yeah. OCD gets done dirty a lot on TV. That right. is all. Thank you for coming okay. to my TED Talk.
0: I appreciate it. Okay. They say that he can't have a job because he's like, he can only kill people and they call him a predator and they're like he literally can't have a job because it would take time away from this and he can only think about this so while they're talking about this Maggie is trying to get out she's running through the hallways she like runs into a wall that's with blood has been written dead end she gets to a stairwell and I like this she props the back door like the door open so so that it doesn't like shut behind her like the last door did I was like so true And then she sits down for a second and some gas starts coming out that, like, makes her move. So she's, like, climbing the stairs and she's coughing. And they show that, like, it's, like, as soon as her hand touches it, he unlocks it. So he is, like, fully controlling each and every second of this.
1: He is ghost in the machining this shit, for sure. So
0: true. Yeah, and so she gets through it, she sits down, more gas, she has to keep going, and then we see her, like, run past a wall that just says Slaughterhouse with an arrow, and it's like, oh god.
1: It's like, is this really what we're doing here, guys?
0: Is this really what we're doing? Um, I hate it. I hate this man. The one thing I, I would, I don't think it needed to be the episode, but I would, I personally would like an explanation for Is like, why the- why this torture like why, why the, the maze whole song trap, yeah, like he's just trying to clean things up, so why is it like a fun house like that's what I don't, like yeah, you know, you get through this a lot faster if you just kind of like killed him and moved on, if you right? just
1: yeah, exactly,
0: yeah, so I have no idea, okay, this part was really cute. The team is out and about talking to, like, homeless people to try and, like, see if they've noticed anyone unusual. The pairings are Derek and Emily, Reed and Hotch, JJ and Captain Wright, and Gideon and Detective McGee, okay? Derek and Emily are both in leather jackets. Emily's in that brown leather jacket we'd love to see. She's, like, so. Oh. She's so... She's so... She's <laughs> so... I, like, saw so her, and I was like, why do you look that good? I hate it! Like, She's so attractive. She really is. It's fucking and pissing me off. It's so maddening, and like the worst part is, she's like I don't think her character is not supposed to be like the hottest woman on the planet, right? But like, but she, she is. But she is. So it's like she meets people, and no one is ever like, "Wow." <laughs> no one is ever, you're ever like, "You're an FBI agent. That's what you do." Wow, you're a like... cop. You're really pretty. It's like that No one's allowed to acknowledge. That she is, like, drop-dead fucking gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It
1: feels like the biggest secret everybody's in on. (laughs) Like, like, what are you all doing?
0: Yeah, like, are we just ignoring this? Okay. Anyway. But Derek is, like, flirting with the people. He, like, sees an old lady and he's like, hey, you know, can I take you to a shelter? And she's like, no, I'm just going to go to the park. And he's like, okay, you know stay safe, because the world needs pretty women like you. And she's just like, oh. You. (laughs) You. And Emily's like, you're a good guy. You make everyone around you feel good. I was just like, that was an unnecessary thing to say, Emily. Emily. Homosexual. (laughs) I was just like, sorry, Emily, are you having some Derek? Like (laughs) They had like a moment where she was like, she's like, Wow, you're really nice, actually. <laughs> wow. Okay. Reed and Hotcha together. Squirrel's
1: hair, wow.
0: Wow, you're really good with women. <laughs> uh Reed and Hatcha together. Reed one of the sex workers like takes his tie and he has to like tuck it back into his sweater vest and like Hotch later says that like every sex worker hit on Reed. <laughs> it's just like okay. Fine. And then J.J. and Wright are just having the worst night of their lives.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. He straight up just
0: speaks over her later, like cuts her off and I'm just like that He's must have so been fucking like annoying. I hate him so much and JJ is like literally trying her best I was like what is happening and then with Gideon and McGee literally oh my god the clip they show is like McGee goes up to two people and they're both like waving at him and shaking his hand and he clearly is like best friends with every single one of these people and I love him Yeah. and then it shows Penelope at her computer looking at all these dead ends and it's actually very sad it yeah Yeah. it was
1: she it was literally like it was not letting
0: up for her no and so the captain is like so this man doesn't exist you said he would be memorable clearly there's nobody memorable so he doesn't exist and JJ goes well that's not exactly what we And he's like so there's no one (laughs) and just cuts her off and I was like fuck you dude like Fuck this guy for real. Yeah. So then Emily is like, okay, well, we got another piece of the puzzle, though, because somebody took 63 people without anybody noticing. He blends it in, and they start, like, naming things, in Derek is like, or social services, and he sees a social services fan, and he's like, hey, Wright, do your social service people, like, come at night and, like, offer rides to people? And Wright is like, no, they have to be called in, and they don't work at night. So Derek like goes over to the truck and it's the old lady he was talking to before and he's like, Mona, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, he was going to give me a ride to the park. And immediately they're like, the guy gets in the truck and they're like, let me see your ID. Do you have an ID? Government ID, whatever. And the guy's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I want to go now. And then <coughs> he starts driving and Derek grabs the steering wheel and makes the guy crash, he He like jumps halfway
1: into the car to grab the steering wheel.
0: He's like, I can't tackle him because he's in a car, so I'll just tackle the car.
1: I like I get I guess. And you can hear
0: Hotch in the background going, Morgan! <laughs> he's like, What are you doing? <laughs> Hilarious uh hilarious. and then morgan like pulls him out through the window and like bangs him against the van and everyone's like well okay then <laughs> okay we're, yeah we're it's back so it's it's huh, there he is, Morgan. it
1: shouldn't be funny but it is
0: it's just Derek is like gotta tackle
1: <laughs> i guess if i can't tackle anything else i guess i'll tackle the car like
0: oh my it's god just... it's weird very funny yeah okay cut back to the warehouse maggie is bloody she sees uh the fire room the crematorium room and it says kill room and she's like ah oh, no fuck that and <laughs> like walks away from it
1: they did like nothing to make this place seem like an old meat packing plant except for right kill room on that door like for sure that's the only thing they did you know the prop department was in there with the stencil and spray paint going to town like (laughs)
0: literally kill room and slaughterhouse like and that's it come on that's it and it wasn't the cremation like chamber thing was clearly just like a pizza oven. For like, sure! It was like, yeah! It was way up high. It didn't have a door on it. It was literally just like, what?
1: <laughs> anyway. It was also like, it, yeah. was, it was also like, not industrial. You know, like, no. yes, it was a pizza oven, but it also is not what you would have in an old meat packing plant. Also, why do you have a crematorium in a meat packing plant? There, anything not good is burned before it gets there.
0: Yeah, and also like, where was the machinery? It was just a bunch of hallways and like completely empty rooms, and then one like pizza oven room. And there was one room where they were like hanging body parts or something, but which like like,
1: fucked up sure 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 which like like,
0: sure i guess the cold room with the things hanging but like
1: also like what do these people think a meatpacking plant looks like it's like a big assembly line there's not all these like confusing hallways and doors and stairs up and down like it's a big industrial warehouse with an assembly line in the middle and then other shit down the hall. Like, it's not a confusing maze. It's made to be simple.
0: Right. It's a big warehouse with machinery and shit. And I think they were just like, well, these are the offices. He converted the downstairs offices into torture. I have no idea. They wanted it to look like like an old insane asylum or something. They wanted it to look like that. They
1: definitely had to because, like, there's no way. Like, no. Have you ever been inside a meat packing plant before? No. I have. I've been into a Tyson meat packing plant and um not pleasant places to be. For sure, absolutely worthy of a criminal minds episode. For sure, for sure, for sure. It is a lot more open and it's like just like assembly lines that go yeah. through they're assembly lines that have people working and cutting shit. Like there is a, like a rhythm to their knives on this assembly line. Right. Like there's not like guys, spoiler alert, but like there aren't a ton of offices there. There's not a ton of like extra space. There's like a break room and some locker rooms. And that's like it.
0: And I think it would have been so fun for this man Fun is a you know operative word here, but the fun to like have the torture be the machines of meat packing and have these people like the taunting be like spoiled meat, dirty meats, you know? Like if you're gonna go the meat packing way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if you're gonna go the meat packing way, then like go the meat packing way. You know, like don't pussy out Not to be rude, but like, don't pussy out. <laughs> You're
0: gonna I do just, it, like, do it. Yeah, it was like, weird. I don't know, weird choice. Okay, she hears a door open, and she looks around, and a Doberman comes out. Another hankle pair, parallel. And like,
1: where did this dog come from? What is this dog's
0: goals? Where did this, Where'd this dog
1: such... come from? Where did he, he, he come such... from? Where did he go, Cotton Eye Joe? Like, what's going <laughs> on?
0: Cotton Burman <laughs> That was weak and you know it. <laughs> that was weak. Sorry, I do have to say every thought that comes to my head. Uh huh, I know. She certain things. She runs away, she makes it into a room, and a pole is blocking the door. She manages to get it out, she shuts it, and you can like hear him scratching, but then like the dog does not come back.
1: Wow. It's just gone.
0: it's just gone. He just has a dog for like this one. It really felt like a haunted house. Like, it felt like they trapped them in a haunted house. And that was it. And, like, what's up with that, you know? What is up with that?
1: It's just weird, you know? Like, I get that, like, you're a creepy serial killer who's killed 63 people or whatever, but, like... What's up with that, dude? You got, like, issues? You want to talk about it?
0: <laughs> like, you- what? I think- okay, I- I don't want- I don't care about this guy. I don't care about it at all. But they don't- Super don't care. They don't even a little bit attempt to explain anything.
1: They don't attempt to explain anything of what's going on. For
0: mm-hmm. sure. They're like- eh. Why the torturing- was his dad a torturer? Did it close after the dad died and he opened it to be a torture chamber? If it was the dad doing it too, why did we only just notice that there's sixty three people missing? Like When
1: going- the guy later When the guy Steven is always like, My family has always worked for his family, do you mean in the murder business? Like what? Like what is going on here? Like, what
0: does that mean? what does that mean is this like kansas kansas city mafia bullshit like they're not
1: even the savellas or the pendragons
0: i don't understand they really were like their themes were loose
1: (laughs) they were going like fast and furious with this shit also i am sorry i did say pendragon i meant pendergast uh who was the other big mob family in the kansas city area It was the Savelli, the Savellas or Savelli's for the Italian mob. And then the Pendergasts for the uh, Democratic Party machine that elected Harry Truman to office for the first time. So you have old Kansas City mobsters to thank for that one. Truman haters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just like.
1: All those Truman haters in our audience right now, yeah, sure, totally. Um, it's just my family has always worked for his. What do you mean? (laughs)
0: What do you mean? As personal assistants, as as murder assistants, as chauffeurs, as butlers, like as as the warehouse manager, like like is this guy supposed to be some? Is this like some Squid Game bullshit? Like, I don't, like, what, how am I supposed to feel about this? <laughs> what is the vibe? Like, what this is episode still deeply
1: fucks me up, but I don't know how to feel about this part in particular. Like, what's going on here?
0: I like this episode. I'm not going to rate it that much. I like I, this episode a lot. I do, but it's got a lot of holes. It's, it's supposed playing to be-
1: fast and furious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, like, turn your brain off and you're like, ooh, lots of blood this episode, huh? Wow, it really looks nice. Oh, cool, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I like this episode. And you ask no more questions. You know?
1: (laughs) They're really like, (laughs) this is really like the Swiss cheese of Criminal Minds (laughs) episodes because it's good and I enjoy it, but it does have a lot of holes in it.
0: It's the hot dog. And also does
1: make me feel like a little bit weird inside
0: afterwards. It's the hot dog to stick with the meat pack. Uh, I don't like Just that, a bunch, though. a bunch of random shit altogether. Just a
1: bunch of shit thrown together, yeah. For but sure, it tastes for
0: sure. so good.
1: <laughs> but it does taste delicious, which is so important.
0: Yeah, okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah, okay. This is where I was like, God, I, I mean, I was feeling bad for her the whole time, but this was the time that I was like, fuck, dude. She escapes the dog, she sits, and she's like, having a bad time. She tries to put the chain on the door, and it falls, and she's like, whatever, and she like, doesn't even like care. And then she turns around to find a room full of body parts, and the old man's head is just like on a table. And she literally is like, please, <laughs> I just want to go home. And I was like, relatable yeah. content. Relatable content, girl. I felt real bad for her
1: this whole time.
0: Not fun, so then it was
1: just so wild to me,
0: yeah, it really was wild, okay, oh, and then there's just like an exit sign, which like, I sure keep it up to code, I guess,
1: like, like did the fire marshal okay this place, like
0: but I feel, did- like it's just like a lit up red exit sign. And I just want to be like, girl, like, at this point, she's bleeding. She's in pain. She's in, like, hyper adrenaline mode. She's, like, just saw a dead dude's head, and she sees exit, and she goes for it. I can't blame her, you know?
1: I can't blame her either. Like, me too, girl. Me too.
0: I know. Okay, so she goes, and she sees her shoes. Oh, no. She falls down a flight of stairs. She does and like
1: down the whole flight uh, of stairs.
0: I know. And then she almost gets like knocked unconscious. And but she sees her shoes, her high top converse. And she's like crawling towards them because she can't walk anymore and she's just so tired. Okay. I have to say this. Mm-hmm. I hate when shows use Holocaust imagery not for the Holocaust. And I don't know yeah. if it's just because I grew up in a very Jewish area. We learned about the Holocaust with the a lot every single year mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff but like if i see a pile of shoes representing murdered people i'm going to think about the holocaust that's an iconic image the yeah. holocaust museum has an exhibit that is just a pile of shoes and i don't like that they use that for this
1: they also use it again later a few yeah, more times the- i think
0: i know they do they the use fun- it in the
1: pig episode for pig sure farm
0: episode yeah And I get it, it is, like, striking visually, but it's striking visually,
1: like- And it's a, it's a shorthand, and, like, I understand. I just,
0: not for your fictional crime show, I just, that's a personal, I don't like that, but whatever. Yeah. So, the, the door opens to the outside, and, okay, she has to crawl, and she has to, like, push the other people's shoes out of the way- while she's crawling and i was like that's so tragic and then she's super tragic yeah and she sees the sunrise and she's like i made it i made it and then the door closes and the room starts filling with gas and the last thing she says is not fair and you we see the man watching her through the security cameras
1: not fair kind of hits i'm not gonna lie to you
0: because it is not fair
1: it's not fair whole thing is not fair The whole thing sucks ass. The whole thing is super not fair.
0: Okay. The arrested man, his name is Steven. He's in the interrogation room. He is talking to himself. He's trying to say, like, no, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. It's not your fault. And Hotch is like, this man is terrified of the unsub. And we find out that there's no paperwork about him, no tax information, no job information, nothing. Other than a valid driver's license, this man doesn't exist. So, like, this man's dad only died a year ago. The Anteb's father only died a year ago, so this man was like what you born doing? and bred to serve this family
1: again. What? Like what?
0: Yeah, like what is what? Where is this what? guy's dad? What's going on? I don't understand. Oh, is this some like cult thing? I don't get it. Okay. And they're this like is this is the only
1: point in the episode which I wish they had like.
0: Right. Like what the fuck is going on? Like,
1: what is going on here, gang?
0: Yeah. Okay. So then, Hotch is like, Steven is the only person who is still alive who knows what the Unsub is capable of. So. Then it cuts. We see the Unsub getting dressed. Oh yeah, we see him getting dressed in his boots and his white suit, and he, like, drags away Maggie. He just, like, grabs one of her feet and just starts dragging her away.
1: It's so weird
0: so weird so then we learned that like hot and them are looking at the guy through the window and they're saying you know the torturing gets worse with every victim that's why they couldn't take any chances not to take the case because like it's only going to keep getting worse and then detective mcgee comes in and looks at him and they'd say no it's the unsub's only friend jj's like should we publicize that we caught him and maybe scare the guy and they're like no he could run away great so like, okay, so Hodge and McGee go in. Hodge doesn't have to do anything to seem like a tough guy, but McGee like has his arms crossed and he's all like, I'm here now. <laughs> I'm tough too. We're gonna yeah, get it's the very answers. Funny. Out of here. Yeah, it's cute. So then Steven is trying to act all tough, but he's just awkward. He just starts talking. Immediately he's like what are the charges? They don't have to do anything and this man breaks. Nearly nothing, yeah. He's like, what are the charges? Why'd you arrest me? I should be getting an award. Not just like waiting around. I was just giving them a ride. What's wrong with that? Are you gonna charge me for the wreck? No, the cop did that. The black guy. He said that and I was like, ah! What's
1: going (laughs) on here?
0: (laughs) So we're also really
1: what's going on here?
0: None of the victims we've seen have been black, but the way he said that, I I was was like, like, okay. Okay. Weird. And then Hatch goes, sit down. And the man just like, obeys. And I know it's supposed to be about how the man is subservient, but the way Hatch just is like, sit down. I was like, okay. (laughs) God, I hate you sometimes. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So then Hatch is like, I've decided to save your life. Give me the address and the name, how to get inside without tripping the alarm, and you're going to be okay. And he starts being like, he's never been nice to you. All he does is insult you and emasculate you and make you feel stupid. You hate him, Steven. And you know that you fucked up because you got caught. And the number one objective is to not get caught and not involve law enforcement. So there's going to be severe punishment and you know what this can do. And this is when Steven says like, my family has always worked for his family. His father died last year and left everything. All the money, all the... And then he doesn't say the next part. And he just says, he's the last one. He changed after his dad died. He got meaner. He's going to hurt me so bad. And Hotch is like, not if we arrest him. Not if you tell us what's going on. And we learned that Unsub's name is Charles Holcomb and he owns the old meat packing plant. I wrote, There's only one? Anyway. <laughs> you know. Out by the old meat packing plant.
1: It's not even like.
0: Like, is there like a warehouse district?
1: I mean, yeah, but it's in Kansas City, Kansas. But also, like Holcomb isn't even, like, a big name in Kansas City. You know what I I mean? I was
0: wondering, yeah.
1: Like, the name I mentioned earlier, right? The, like, Pendergast. Those are, like, that's a famous Kansas City gangster name. That's, like, everybody around here knows because there's a lot of, like, buildings and stuff named after them. Holcomb isn't, like, a big Kansas City family name. They certainly aren't meatpacking plant owners. Like, I don't know. It's just weird.
0: I was wondering if, like, that was something like some people would recognize as like meet people. No. This show's bad sometimes.
1: This show's bad.
0: <laughs> and yeah, here and we this are. Show's bad.
1: Yeah, here we today. are. Fucking Okay. For the next 15 years,
0: <laughs> well, it's like 13 years now. Okay. Well,
1: we still have the spin-offs to do and the reboot
0: well Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh side note, Mel and Celine are watching the Beyond Borders and apparently they keep seeing stuff and then being like, Oh my god, I can't wait to hear what James and B say about this. Oh my god, James <laughs> and B are gonna hate this.
1: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, true.
0: Cause they both like listen to the podcast. Okay. Charles Holcomb is once again whistling Joanna. Maggie wakes up and she's like on the gurney. And she's like, Oh, you're covering your face, coward. Immediately. She rips
1: his ass. Immediately.
0: I'm obsessed with her. She immediately is like, You're a coward, show me your face. I'm not gonna beg, you son of a bitch. And then she like sees the fire. Like (gasps) I literally wrote queen, 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 like over and over
1: again. She's so funny.
0: Yeah, she's so good. She, like, sees the crematorium room, and he's, like, you'll beg. They all do. But then the FBI shows up. But he keeps yelling. Holcomb keeps yelling, let me do my job. Let me do my job. And, like, tries to stab her. But they, everyone shoots him. <laughs> everyone shoots him. <laughs> like, four different people shoot this everyone. dude at once? <laughs> like, yeah. And <laughs> then the Emily, comes, Emily comes over and is, like, undoing Maggie's restraints. And Maggie goes, face. And Hotch is like, you've got some scratches, but like, your face is going to be good. And she's like, no, let me see his face. And Emily's like, Hotch, let her see his face. So then they like, Derek like lifts up the man without his stuff on. And Maggie just starts laughing. She's like, I won. <laughs> just starts like laughing. And I was like, queen, queen. That's queen. Queen, shit. queen, 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 queen. That is some clean shit, and I bet she's getting so much money in like the trial or whatever. She's oh, like, first, I'm sure I'm suing the estate for damages. Like, yeah, if he
1: says he has all the money, they have big meatpacking yeah. plants. You know that estate has some money. Oh,
0: he hasn't worked oh. in a year because he has—he's living off the money he has. Yeah,
1: it's just him so and Stephen
0: I don't know why they chose meatpacking. Maybe because it sounds bad, but then they didn't do anything with it. Like, it's literally Saw. It's a Saw-esque episode. Not even, yeah. Not even as bad. Like, if you really think about what she did, what they did, they gassed her, she hit her nose, she crawled across the glass room, mm-hmm. she got chased by a dog, gassed again, had to watch that man die. Th- these are not nice things but in terms of like a hell maze relatively tame where's the snake pit where's the like spike room where's, where's
1: the walls that close in slowly yeah. on
0: her like in ter- like it's it's absolutely terrifying i'm not not playing that horrible horror, but like absolutely this is- horrifying but, like, we're led to believe this is, like, a big money man with the whole warehouse at his disposal and his choices are scary dog, gas, and broken glass. And It's really like, giving,
1: like, Party City throwing together something <laughs> last
0: minute. I, <laughs> like, I, it's really giving Dollar General Jigsaw. That fucking, like, haunted house <sighs> mckaney manor that you have to like sign away your life to is more hardcore than this dude's like kansas city murder warehouse like come on and like
1: okay terrible what she went through for sure for sure for sure absolutely terrible
0: for sure for sure
1: for sure for sure for sure she what am i gonna say here (laughs) Yeah. This whole thing is really giving, like, he didn't want anybody else's help. He didn't want to, like, pay for anybody to come in and, like, mm. do contractors. Like, gas. I can see why a meatpacking plant would have some either gas pipes or if he just, like, repurposes, like, sprinklers or some shit. Sure, it's a fire risk. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> the dog is, like, a little weird. The, like, electronic doors are also a little weird.
0: Yeah, that is... I don't... That's He installed that shit.
1: Like, what? Like, I don't know. It's just... Horrifying, absolutely horrifying for this woman to go through. Yes. It would be like a really
0: garbage Saw movie because those. Didn't one dude die in Saw 1? Oh, yeah. Saw is like, you have to use this pen to cut a hole in your trachea or else you drown. You know?
1: You have to, like, cut off your friend's hand so they bleed in a bucket to lift the portcullis or whatever. Like. Yeah.
0: And then this is like. Walk across some glass. You have your jacket
1: on, you're probably fine. Like
0: she has This is my dog I found jackets on. She doesn't even have to take one of them off. It's just like like I'm glad they didn't sexualize her, like obviously, but it it wasn't the house of horrors I think it was meant to be.
1: And I don't know why they didn't make it that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that like it's season two, we need to have something to build to.
1: <laughs> I guess we need to. There needs to be places for us to go. After all, right? This. If we
0: just jump to saw, what are we doing? But also, I will say, in that vein, I'm glad that it isn't torture porn.
1: That's true. It 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 is you know? good that it's not torture porn, and it's like her running away porn.
0: Sure, but I just, I, you know, I feel like like we've talked about this. Like a lot of crime shows, like they really focus on the like. You know, women getting hurt and beaten and yeah. dying in dead bodies and, you know, Criminal Minds shows some weird shit, but it doesn't ever feel like it's torture porn or murder porn, you know? Like, yeah. Like, not in that way. So, like, as much as it would have been cool to just, like, have a Saw episode of Criminal Minds, it's just, like, if we had that in, like, season too. They were just like, and by the way, we love watching women go through horrors. It'd be like, okay, well this show was good until now, you know? So I am kind of glad. I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. Alright, let's finish this. Oh, she says like, I won, and she's like laughing, and then she looks at Hotch, and she's like, my baby, can someone check on my baby? My mom was babysitting, and I didn't come home last night. And Hotch is like, absolutely. We will take care of that. Yeah. Like, and I I was just like, she is amazing. She's so incredible. She's like, so actually, incredible. Yes. I like, love her. Yeah. I 100%. love her. 100%. I'm obsessed with her.
1: Gloating over the man who tried to kill you. Making sure your baby's taken care of. Number yes. one, number two on the list. Yeah, alright. Yes. Now everything else is small potatoes. Like,
0: yeah, and I think, I think also, like, we don't learn until now that her mother is babysitting her baby. At the beginning, all she says is I have a baby, I want to go home to her. And it's kind of nebulous, like what condition, I guess, you know, what situation the baby is in. And then at the end, yeah. it's like, no, my mother is babysitting her. Like, you know, I'm not, a- they make sure, do you know, she's not like a bad mom, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: God, she's so good!
0: I know, I'm like obsessed with her. Okay.
1: Megan, oh yeah, you Megan- the- <laughs>
0: McGee is standing outside of the kill room and only Wright and Derek like Wright Captain Wright stops and like puts his hand on his shoulder and they like have a moment where Wright is very clearly like You were right, my bad. You know? And then Emily just like nods at him. Emily has no connection to this man. <laughs> Emily is like, I knew him for five seconds, sorry. Like <laughs> And then Derek yeah. just pats his shoulder and Hosh Hosh walks by without even looking at him. Like it's super really interesting. I like that the captain had a moment of recognition. Oh, and then it goes back to showing the like the overhead lights coming by, and then again. Yeah, they do like a
1: weird like camera pan yeah. up when Hotch is passing over, and then it goes to just like yeah, looking like, at the lights passing.
0: Yeah, and then the lights turn into like the projector reel, which was like interesting. Okay, I do like this little family. Mo- it's a weird transition. It's but, a weird transition. It's weird. I feel weird. Like they, weirdo I feel behavior. Like, I feel like the writers were thinking, you know, we can't have another plane decompression scene. They have to be somewhere else. <laughs> so they're all in the briefing room watching Charlie Chaplin. Gideon's off by himself, just looking. Hotch is watching, laughing. Derek and Garcia are like cuddled up in the back. And then Reed. They're so fucking cute. Reed is sitting so close to the wall, like leaning forward. JJ has one foot propped up on the back of his chair and is throwing popcorn like at his head. She has the (laughs) bowl, right? So she's like, she puts the ball over her shoulder for Emily to grab a handful. And then she takes it back and she like eats one, throws one, eats one, throws one. It is such like big sister behavior. It and is such
1: big sister behavior. It's
0: so funny. And He's even like, hey! <laughs> I like that. That's But then, okay, it ends, it fades to black, and we just hear the sound of Gideon's laughter. It, Which like, is weird, right? I was like, what? Kind of Joker bullshit, <laughs> like
1: yeah, yeah. What sort of Heath Ledger scary. are we going for here? What's Honestly, up?
0: I was like, why is it fade to black and then just like giddy and it's fucking laughter? Like, what is happening? It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah, and that's the episode.
1: And that's the episode. We did it, gang. We did it. We we finally we like looked at the hill that is Legacy and we conquered it.
0: Does it do you feel like you overhyped it? Do you feel like you hyped it just enough?
1: I think I probably did just okay. Actually, okay. I you think made. I probably did just fine. I think I, I think I managed my expectations. You also told me that it's sort of like it held up, which was nice.
0: It did. Um, I think it did. Oh. I think this
1: episode really did hold up
0: very well. So here's another question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is a legacy?
1: I want you to understand that I want to walk outside and drive a railway spike into my skull. I can't believe you
0: would do this to me. I gave you warning, like what, two hours ago? <laughs> How long have we been recording? Yeah, two and a half hours ago, you gave me a warning. Yeah. So we have, I would say, two legacies in this movie. In this um, mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. we have McGee's, who is, yeah. you know, because of his father, and we have Holcomb because of his father, and it's like. I mean, I don't have, a like, a thesis statement. I just wanted to, like, draw that connection. And that it's, like, you know, it's interesting because it's, like, you know, Holcomb was set up for success by his father. He His legacy is the money and the warehouse that he can't keep open and his weird servant-slave boy. And <laughs> he becomes a monster. Whereas McGee, his legacy is a dad that died in duty. And now he's been he has his job only because he's legacy and you know he ends up doing something and making his own name out of it in a positive way kind of going above and beyond I thought that was really interesting and then you have like Charlie Chaplin his whole legacy you know there's a lot there I think
1: there's a lot here I also don't have a thesis statement and I don't want to add a supporting paragraph to that I just nice. wanna say like I get it. I understand why they I just man, I wish they did a cooler Kansas City episode.
0: I can't wait until we get into the like <laughs> real criminal minds. Sometime next We've been season. saying
1: that for a while though. L- let me say And what it's what I'm about coming. To, to be let fair, say, it's let, coming. Let
0: me say let me say this and then you'll be like, Oh yeah, okay. Where like Episodes become like 50-50, the unsubs and the team. Mm -hmm. Like right now, it's like there's some crime happening, but it's about the team. Eventually, soon, it becomes pretty 50-50 where we watch the crimes that are happening as they're happening, and we do start to like know the unsubs more and know the victims more, you know? And we're kind of, it becomes about like, how is the team going, you know, the team isn't seeing this, so how are they going to figure it out, you know? And I like that a lot. Like, that feels more when, like, we are in both the BAU's head and the Unsub's head. I like that a lot.
1: I think eventually, yeah, I think eventually episodes do become these sort of, like, almost puzzle boxes where you're seeing the solution while the BAU is like working through the Rubik's cube, so to speak. Yeah. Um I do enjoy it. I do think yeah, they don't quite know how to strike that balance yet. That does become criminal minds. And I think to be fair, I think they've come a lot closer this season. I mean, we talked yes. about it. This season's really good overall, right? Yeah. Has a few has a few dips, but like for the most part it's pretty good yeah and i I mean to be fair also when we're going into season three like that gets really
0: good season three gets really good like just off the top of my head right at the beginning you've got fucking seven seconds
1: seven seconds is the exact one that i was looking at seven seconds is so oh
0: so good but then you get like children of the dark you know, you get a lot of really good episodes right at the beginning and it just gets better and better. And season four, you've got fucking minimal loss. Which is like...
1: Peak criminal
0: minds. Yeah, peak criminal minds. Yeah, I think think they haven't quite realized that uh, centering the unsub isn't the right way to say it, but, you know, right now it's very, like, it's about the team and about how they figure it out. And it stays that way. But I don't think they've quite latched onto the idea of like, it is more interesting to see the team do what they do when we know about the unsubs, you know? Like, right now, it keeps being like, we don't know anything about the unsub until right at the end when the team does. And it becomes really interesting when we start seeing their psychopathies and the way that they're working and their rituals and all of that but we don't know what it means. We don't know the reason for it. And the team is what walks us through the reason and tells us why it's happening. And then once we have all of the information, we have the catharsis of the team catching them.
1: I think the big game in Revelations was sort of their first foray into doing that. And I think, to be fair, I mean, they've gotten better all through season two, right? Like, Empty Planet was a really good one where we knew a lot about the person before the Mm -hmm. team did, you know what I mean? Like, even Profiler Profiled, we knew a lot about who did that crime, you know? Um, I think they've been doing better at it, but yeah, this episode is another, is one of those that sort of just falls unfortunately to the fact that like it was written pretty early on and they weren't that great at writing episodes so it's a good crime and it's a good team episode I don't I want to know what this dude's whole deal is I want to know what his deal is but I also don't care but like I do kind of want to know like why do you have a manservant what's up what's
0: up with that I think that hits the nail on the head I want to know what this dude's deal is like, okay, cool, he's a psychopath and, like, cool, he has daddy issues. But, like, what's his deal? You know, and even and next we episode... We don't even know if he has daddy issues. Literally, we don't.
1: His dad just died and now he's fucked up over it. Like, that can happen even if you don't have daddy
0: issues. <laughs> That's fair. But, like, next episode we have a returning unsub. A returning yeah. sub, I guess. And... <laughs> It's awesome because we don't have to do the legwork of like who is Frank and, but we still get so much information about him. You know, and I think yeah. next episode's next episode's a good one. It's a good season finale. It's just a good episode of Criminal Minds. And, you know, I'm thinking now like the first episode of season three, we do learn a lot about the killer straight up the bat. I think they're starting to realize that like They can do both. Fleshing out their unsub does not necessarily mean sympathizing with them or relating to them like you can tell us all about this guy and we still fucking hate him at the end of the episode but it makes it more interesting and more compelling i think they're right on the verge of figuring that out
1: yeah i think they're again this shows like this was a rookie show helmed by a rookie showrunner and they were still yeah. trying to figure out what their strength was like yeah jeff davis eventually stops being the showrunner and the show gets better guys like you know what i mean (laughs) like i'm not saying it's just this dude who is the reason why this fucking show sucks but i will say like this is a rookie (laughs) this is season two of a show written by a rookie showrunner and like yeah there's some growing pains to it and i think this episode is really good though even with the growing pains
0: yeah for sure. like
1: this is a really good app
0: It's a good episode. Okay, well, if it's such a good episode, what are you going to rate it?
1: (sighs) Can I do something a little controversial?
0: Uh Uh-oh, Perhaps.
1: I kind of want to give this episode a 10. Even with all of its flaws, I still had a really good time watching it. It still fucks me up viscerally the same way it did when I first watched it. It's still, like, yeah, sure, there's some holes in it, but, like, I still like Swiss cheese, and I'm lactose intolerant. So, you know, like, maybe I am just going to give this up a 10.
0: That is so much higher than what I'm giving it. That's very funny. Give it a 10. I think I'm
1: just going to give this up a 10. Do it. This is, like, a lactose intolerant 10. What are you giving this episode?
0: Well, as a fully dairy-free person myself, (laughs) I'm giving it a 6. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I,
1: I mean yeah fair you know you can you don't have to like swiss cheese the way i do and that's okay
0: <laughs> i i think it's a really good episode i like it i don't think about it as much as you do <laughs> you
1: i mean obviously fair like again i live in kansas city i think about this episode a lot because sure. it fucks me up very deeply and it does yeah,
0: make I, me giggle i totally forget about this episode it's just one of those episodes where, like i don't remember it and then someone's like this one and i'm like oh yeah i do like that one you know which is why i'm gonna give it like a six because I, I like it but like when i think of coming to mind's episodes this one doesn't really come up. It does now because of how. Oh, this one it. absolutely but. comes up for me. <laughs> yeah. No wheels up.
1: No wheels up. No name of the episode within the episode, right?
0: Oh, what's the name of this episode? Legacy. No. Legacy. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Jaybird, we're really in it now. James Boy named the fourth.
0: I'd say we're almost out of it.
1: I mean, well, there's no way out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was bad, obviously. It was good, but took it was bad. A second,
1: took a second for that one to connect, didn't it? <laughs> I was like, I was
0: like, yes, that is the name of it, but how does that relate to anything? And then I was like, duh. That's <laughs> yeah. no, good, that was good.
1: Next time on Wheels Up, you will be one year older, and we will be talking about No Way Out 2 the evolution
0: of frank dance dance evolution
1: dance dance evolution
0: dance dance
1: i'm really excited for this episode
0: it's also kind of a gay one
1: it's a little i'm not gonna say there are vibes but there is a little bit
0: it's a little lesbian it's Uh very dramatic it's also a little gay because gideon gets to go visit his smithsonian mockingbird man
1: oh geez. mocking
0: man is <laughs> mocking man it's a lot of things honestly it's a lot I'm
1: really excited
0: me too honestly yeah and then our bonus episode
1: uh yeah I'm excited for a lot of things also excited for the fact that we're almost done <laughs> with season two we've two. almost done it we've gone through <sighs> almost gone through the whole season again <sighs>
0: Another year for a older. Second time, no Another...
1: wiser. <laughs> no wiser because we're still here. <laughs> that's it for this week on Wheels Up. You can find us on social media: Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, whatever. At Wheels Up Pod, uh, you can send us an email if you want to make a correction to us. It's Wheels Up Pod at, at brightcrownmedia dot com. Uh, and that's it. You can find us if you want to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really does help us out a lot. And we read them all, and I send little pictures of them to James, and James is like, wow, I love that person now. You always have a very, like, <laughs> oh, hey, reaction to when I send you our um, things. And I, f- I forget fun.
0: anyone but our, like, three friends watch this listen to this show.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild, right? Isn't
0: it? It's wild that we exist to feel. I know. That's, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you can do all that. JJ, do you have an ending quote for us today?
0: Did you just call me JJ?
1: Yeah, but I did it in like a J A Y dash J A Y kind of way.
0: Okay, that's fine.
1: Do you want me to? I can try another one. Um, um, no, I think um, it's funny.
0: No, it's funny. It's funny.
1: J- did I do have I done Jimothy yet?
0: You did Jemothy at the beginning of this episode.
1: <laughs> can I can I switch it? Can I do Jimothy now? Jimothy. Yeah. Do you have an ending quote for us today?
0: I do. As Maggie says, "What did you do to yourself, girl?"
1: Girl? Girl, no, what, what did, did you do to yourself?
0: I had a bit <laughs> of a crisis just now while we were talking because I realized when we finish season 3, I'll be 30. <laughs> Mother trucker dude.
1: Fuck, I know.
0: I don't like that at all. I know, I know, I know. Except it, it will back. be my year of being thirty thirty and more